So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello, and welcome to the Pause and Connect podcast. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm so excited you're here. This topic we're gonna talk about today is a really, really good one, packed with some reframes and some what to do's. This is episode six, and it's called The Big Mistake Parents Make When Trying to Teach a Child a Lesson. It's kind of long, but it's a good one. So the problem with mainstream parenting advice, I'm talking about the kind of advice that you'll hear from random strangers, from your next door neighbor, from, from your parents, from anybody who's giving out parenting advice. This is that it's all framed by this idea that you need to teach your kids a lesson all the time. We're told that there's always a lesson to be taught. We're told that if your kids talk back to you, you better punish them so they don't think this behavior is okay. We're told that if you tell your child you're gonna give them a consequence if they don't do X, Y, or Z, then you better follow through with that consequence or they'll walk all over you. So we're gonna spend this episode breaking down this framing and then replacing it with a more helpful framing. Because the idea that your job as a parent is to teach your kids lessons through rewards and punishment is not helpful. It's just not. And I hope that I can convince you of that by the time this episode is over. I'm gonna talk about a more helpful way to approach a child when they do something wrong. And it's called the do-over. Now, this is not a novel concept, but it's one that I know I need to be reminded of all the time. And then I'm also gonna share what to do when the do-over doesn't work. So if you've been around here for any amount of time, you know that Pause and Connect is not a place where we try to change children's behavior through force. Instead, this is a space where we're always looking for tools of connection that also improve behavior while improving your relationship. Keeping your relationship at the center of your problem solving is what we're about here at Pause and Connect. So the do-over is one fantastic tool. But just like a hammer isn't what you need for fixing a greasy hinge, you need more than one tool, right? So we'll talk about the do-over and how to do it in a really connected way. And then we'll talk about what to do when the do-over doesn't work. That specific tool doesn't work, okay? But first, let me elaborate on this framing that we're supposed to teach our children a lesson through consequences when they make a mistake. Um, I read a thread on some platform somewhere I don't remember, and so there's no identifying features here. I don't feel bad telling you about this thread um, because it's, it's pretty generic because it's really relatable. A mom said she wanted her five-year-old to clean up his toys, and that's a totally reasonable request. But the problem was he wouldn't do it. She couldn't get him to do it no matter what she said. So she was on this, this thread asking for advice on how to get him to clean up his toys. And I think every one of us has had this exact challenge. How do we get our kids to clean up their toys? So it's really relatable and like I said, really generic. I have a a six-year-old right now who drags his feet with this task too. So I'm, I'm in this boat too. So I clicked on the comments to see if there was any new advice that I personally hadn't considered. And then I was really heartbroken actually about what I saw because most of the comments 
told this mom that she needed to teach her son a lesson her five-year-old a lesson. They told her that she needed to take his toys away or put his toys in timeout or put him in timeout. And then so many of the comments had the warning, if you don't nip this in the bud, if you don't give him consequences, if you don't show him you mean business, if you don't lay down the law, he'll never learn and he'll walk all over you. Now this is super common advice and we have all been taught this and we probably believe it to some extent. But this advice is fear-based. When you respond to your child in this way, you're coming from a place of fear for their future. You're thinking, if I don't stop this behavior now, it's just gonna get worse. So I wanna challenge you to pay attention to this. And and not just in situations like this, but when something is fear-based, especially in your parenting, make a mental note and stop yourself. Tell yourself, oh, I am responding in fear. When you're responding to your child in the moment out of fear for what this means for their future or fear because you don't know how to control the situation, because we have that happen a lot too, right? Stop yourself and reset because fear is a terrible motivator and it causes us to act in extremes. It's far, far, far better to make decisions out of love and trust than out of fear that we're letting our kids walk all over us or fear that our kids are going to go down a wrong path. So I hope that makes sense. Fear is natural. Fear is totally natural and it's okay if we spiral and start to catastrophize. I don't know if I pronounced that word right, Um, but if it's totally okay, Uh, catastrophic, that's the word. If, If we're feeling catastrophic about this, it's totally okay, but we shouldn't be acting when we're feeling that way. I hope that makes sense, okay? So when someone tells you to get control of your child because of this potential negative future, Remind yourself that's not how you make decisions, okay? You can feel the fear. You can feel like, if I don't resolve this right now, my child is gonna walk all over me, we're gonna have a terrible relationship. You can feel that and you can spiral, but don't make your decisions in that moment. Feel the fear and then get control and then come back. And we'll talk about how to do that throughout this episode. Because the idea that you have to lay down the law as a parent is is a myth, okay? you. You are in in charge, all of that is true. We do need to teach our children, we do need to guide them through this life and help them learn the things they need to learn, but we don't have to lay down the law. We're not police officers, okay? (laughs) And you can get better behavior and have a better relationship when connection is your motivator. So forcing your child to comply by taking something away or punishing them in some other way is not the way to make a child learn a lesson. Now this is a big paradigm shift from the way most of us were raised. So I think it's helpful to compare what we do to our kids to something that might happen to us as adults. I think it becomes a lot more clear when we do that, okay? So let's say that you're working on an important project at work. Let's say you mess up and when your boss finds out, she comes tearing into your office and she screams at you. And not only that, but she takes you off the project. So this is like a timeout that you might give your child. And then she also tells you that you have to eat lunch at your desk for the next week. There's no leaving the office until this is fixed, young lady. So that's your consequence, right? That's kind of what we do to children. We give them timeouts. We give them consequences. We want to make sure they know the gravity of what they've done. But when this happens to you, when your boss does this to you, how do you feel? Do you feel supported? Do you feel like you know what you did wrong and you know how to fix it in the future? Do you feel this is most important? Do you feel empowered to keep trying? No, you don't. You don't at all. And your child doesn't feel that either. 
when we're giving them consequences and punishments. So let's say you knew you made the mistake, like like a, the five-year-old from this previous example. They knew that, that they should be cleaning up, but they just weren't motivating themselves to do it, okay? So even if you knew you made the mistake at work, you didn't need your boss punishing you and screaming at you. What you needed was for your boss to ask you if you understood what happened. You needed the chance to explain yourself, maybe to ask questions, and then make a plan for moving forward. With the right conversation with your boss, this could actually be a huge growth moment. You could go on to do incredible things, but now, because of the way your boss treated you, you're gonna be afraid. You might live smaller at work. You might look for another job even, but you most definitely don't feel safe. The same thing is happening when we decide to nip our five-year-old's defiance in the bud by, quote, teaching him a lesson and then taking away his toys since he won't clean up. We're not giving him a chance for understanding and growth when we do this. We're not giving them a chance to explain themselves. We're not looking at the deeper problem and asking ourselves why they're not doing this simple task. We're not asking what's getting in the way. We're just punishing. And so there's no growth. We stop their growth and there's no connection. So now let's go back to the example of you and your boss. Let's say you didn't know you made the mistake. And this could be the same thing going on with the five-year-old in our toy scenario. It's true, like they, they might have gotten distracted and, and so they didn't realize that they didn't clean up. That totally happens. So anyway, back to the, the boss mistake. But, so when your boss comes tearing in, you didn't realize you made the mistake, you're not gonna know what hit you. So can you imagine the fear and terror at being treated that way? or living in fear of that happening because it's a pattern that your boss has established. So it's very possible your five-year-old got distracted and forgot to pick up their toys, even though they were told to do so. It's very possible they're experiencing some sort of anxiety about the task. It's very possible they don't even know how to get started or they feel overwhelmed. Being put in timeout or having the toys taken away, none of that is gonna help them grow and trust you. It's going to make them have fear. How about other, another grown-up example? This is kind of silly. Um, what if your partner is making dinner and you make a salad to go with it? And let's say you get distracted and you pour in too much dressing so now the salad is ruined. If your partner turns to you and yanks the bowl away and sends you to your room, <laughs> did you learn your lesson? I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Will you make sure to never pour too much dressing on the salad? I mean, in that situation, it's clearly wrong for your partner to treat you that way, right? It's, it's so obvious. So why do we do it to our children? Now in the salad situation, maybe you'll quote, learn your lesson. Maybe you'll never make this mistake again because you don't wanna be belittled by your partner because it feels terrible. But now every time you make a salad, you're gonna be on edge. You might turn down salad making opportunities and it, it actually might turn into a huge thing in your relationship. And you might even fear your partner in other situations, you might have fear for making any sort of mistake. And it's the same with your kids. Maybe your five-year-old will pick up their toys when you threaten to take them away, but she's not gonna be feeling good about herself. She might remember to pick them up again the next time, but it's gonna be out of fear. And that's not what we wanna do to our kids. That's what we're told to do though. And we're told that it's right. We're told that it's good. And because there really aren't obvious alternatives, because this is the narrative, you give your child consequences and then they'll, they'll change their behavior. That's the narrative. We just keep doing it. Now there's nothing wrong with us if we parent this way because we've been taught to do this. But I wanna give you some hope that there is a gentler, more connected way to do it. And I'm not quite done with the salad comparison. <laughs> Let's talk about what happens if you don't quote, learn your lesson. 
because this happens to kids all the time. They forget to connect the past consequence with their current behavior. So in the salad situation, maybe the next time you go to make a salad, you'll get distracted and pour too much dressing on it again. That can totally happen, right? So when you realize what you've done and you realize you remember what your, your partner did to you the last time, you're gonna feel fear. Maybe you're gonna hide it from your partner or you're gonna cower or maybe you're gonna fight back and start a huge argument or have some other sort of defense. Are you recognizing this? Like our children do this. They, they, this is how they respond when we give them consequences. You just don't want to deal with the wrath of your partner. And quite frankly, it's going to suck for your relationship, right? So maybe what will even happen is you'll feel shame for being someone who can't even make a salad. So do you see how that previous punishment from your partner can carry on in these extremely damaging ways? So this is what's going on with our kids. If they don't want to pick up their toys and they refuse, coming down hard with a consequence is not going to teach the lesson that everyone thinks it's going to teach. Now it might get your child to clean up in that moment, but it won't help them get better at cleaning up consistently and it won't help them feel trust. And I emphasize might because not every child will be motivated by a consequence. Some will, some will, but not every child can remember consequences. And I have a blog post about this and kids with ADHD and they specifically are are rarely motivated by consequences. I'll link to that blog post in the show notes if you want to read more about that. It's a good read even if you don't have a kid with ADHD because it helps explain why consequences aren't effective for a lot of kids. The thing is people make mistakes and children are still learning and just like in our salad example you might never make that mistake again but you will be on edge and your relationship will be affected by your partner's actions. Or you might continue to make the mistake and then just feel worse and worse about yourself and about your partner and about your relationship. Does that make sense? So I think seeing it in, in that adult perspective on how, how would we feel if this is how the people in our lives treated us, I think that, that helps us to see that it's not necessarily the right way to treat our children. I know it's different because we do have stewardship over our, over our children and we do need to teach them correct things and we do need to make sure that they're understanding how to interact in this world. But I want, I'm going to present a different way to do it. We don't need to do it in that way that makes them feel terrible. Just like it would make us feel so terrible if our boss came in and screamed at us or our partner screamed at us or, or sent us to our room for making a mistake, right? So. It really doesn't make sense for us to be doling out punishments and consequences to our kids, especially when we look at our own lives and see that that just doesn't work for us. So why is it going to work for our kids? Now, you might think I'm totally wrong because you might have a child who does cooperate after a consequence. And I totally get that because I was a child who cooperated after consequences. And I have one child out of my three who also cooperates when I use consequences. I, I really try not to. Um, I used to use them often. And that child was the one who, who cooperated always. Um, there is a personality this works for, but that doesn't mean it's right. Even, just because it works doesn't mean it's right. It's a band-aid for a short-term solution. It doesn't help your child feel safe to make mistakes and learn from them. And this way of disciplining always breaks connection. And when connection is broken, it's hard to learn. So maybe you have a child who will remember that if they don't clean up their toys, their toys go in timeout. And maybe that will motivate them to do it. But it is a motivation of fear. And we don't want to be 
though we don't want to do that to our children. It makes it difficult to learn. It makes it difficult to be self-motivated. So how do we step away from feeling like we need to teach our kids a lesson in the moment by using consequences? I mean, this is so ingrained in our society. How do we make those changes in our families? And that's, that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this. Think about connection. When you connect with your child, you actually help their brain to form better connections that help with self-regulation, that help with managing impulsivity, that help with managing emotions, and so much more. There's actual science behind this, okay? Your child's brain actually forms new, stronger connections that are necessary for growth and emotional strength when their parents connect with them instead of punishing them. When their parents connect with them when they're misbehaving, that you are forming those necessary connections in your child's brain. Like a physical change happens in their brain. It's so incredible to know this. There's a fantastic book that explains this called The Whole Brain Child. It is seriously fantastic. It breaks it down so simply, and then it even has these great diagrams of the brain, and, and it compares the brain to a house, and there's so much to it. Um, but you can, you can use those diagrams to teach your child about these concepts of what's going on in their own brain, and then they can have more control over their emotions. So I can't recommend this book enough. Remember, it's called The Whole Brain Child. So check it out today. So, so good. But back to our toy situation. And we're going to throw in a teenage situation later as well. If you truly want your child to get successful at a skill, like cleaning up their toys, connection needs to be a part of the process. So in this new connection mindset, instead of the punishment or consequence mindset, instead of the mindset where we have to control our children or they're going to run amok, okay? We're, we're not parenting on fear anymore, right? We are parenting with connection. In this new connection mindset, the goal of parenting becomes more about teaching skills and getting to the heart of the matter than about forcing kids to comply. And remember, we all make mistakes sometimes, so everyone deserves a do-over. So give them a do-over. First, go to them and hug them. I recommend this as a first step in every situation where things are breaking down because it works. Now, I always have to include the caveat that if you have a child who doesn't accept hugs, don't force hugs on them, absolutely not. But do figure out how they'll allow you to connect. That first step when things are going bad is always to connect. Now, once you're connected and your child's emotions are under control and you have their attention, then you can teach them. You don't have to rip something from them as a consequence to teach them. You can connect, get emotions under control, and teach them. You can help them learn the lesson that they need to learn because they're connected to you. Okay, so your teenager has, has talked back to you. So you take a deep breath, deep breath. You hug your child. You get your own voice calm and you say, I don't think you meant to use that tone. Can you try again? Now you don't do it snarky. You don't be like, hey, I don't think you meant to use that tone. Try again. You don't do that. You are calm. You're sincerely wanting your child to learn this. You're sincerely wanting to give them another try and you're doing it from love. So I, I really don't think you meant to use that tone. Can you try again? Because the truth is your child might not meant have meant to sass you that's totally possible i know i snap at my family members sometimes before i before i really know what's coming out of my mouth like we all do at, at least i know i do so I, i'm assuming other people do and i would hate it if someone swiped in and took my phone away because i lost control in a moment right there are so many reasons why your child might be making a mistake and coming down with a swift consequence is only going to make them react 
And even if they did mean to do it, like they, they really meant to be rude to you, and then you give them a swift consequence, they're still not learning how to be kind for kindness sake. They're learning that if they want to keep their phone, they have to watch their mouth. And again, is that the message that we want? Is that how we want to raise our children? That do we want to train our children or do we want to raise our children to be children who can think for themselves and who can fix their mistakes, right? So that's not the way I want to view my children. I don't want to view them as little robots that do what I say. I want to view them as developing, growing children who can get better and better at skills as time goes on, whether I'm there to watch them or not, right? Because if we're only punish if we're only parenting them with consequences to control their behavior, then what happens when we're not around? So I want them to be learning through connection with me how to regulate their emotions and how to resolve their mistakes so that they can do it out when they're with other people. And so that they can be forgiving of themselves. Because a lot of us really feel terrible when we make mistakes. I want my kids to be fine with making mistakes, and this is one way to do that. So when you connect with the hug, you help your child's brain to calm down. And then when you ask them to please try again, you're giving them the chance to learn the correct lesson. You're giving them the chance to develop that skill, that skill that they need in other places outside of your home. And then probably most importantly, you're building your relationship. You're becoming a person they can trust because they know they can mess up and they can try again without fear. So let's go back to the toy situation. If you ask your child to clean up their toys and then you come back and realize they haven't done it, don't punish them. Don't give a consequence. Don't take away their toys. Remember, all that's going to do is inspire anger and fear. And for a certain type of child, it might, it might get immediate compliance. But that's not our goal. Remember, we've changed our mindset. Our mindset is not about compliance. It's about connection. We want our child to feel safe, secure, and willing to learn. So instead, give your little five-year-old a hug and say something non-accusatory like, hey, it looks like you're having trouble getting the toys picked up. How about we try together? This is a do-over. And this is teaching your child the skill of cleaning up toys while those important connections with you are being made. So you're, remember, remember their brain topography, their brain structure is changing as you're making these important connections. And then your child can build on this as they grow. This is the lesson you want to teach. You want to teach skills through a loving, connected way. Your child will learn how to take care of their things over time as they are supported in learning this skill. So a really important note, this is more long haul parenting. You're in this for the long haul. This is, a, this is not fixing it in the moment always. Sometimes it works, in the, sometimes it's fixing it in the moment, but it's also more long haul. Yes, a punishment is quicker. It is, but they're not gonna learn the skill for the next time. And really, really importantly, they're not gonna feel safe. And they're not gonna feel safe to make mistakes and learn from them. So keep going back to connection, connection, connection. Remember our example from before with the boss who screamed at you. What if instead your boss sits with you and helps you understand how you messed up and they do it in a gentle way? You're gonna remember how to do better. You're going to feel good, you're gonna try harder, but you'll be trying harder from a place of security. So you'll do even better. When they screamed at you, it may inspire you to try harder, but you feel smaller and you feel afraid and you're probably gonna make more mistakes because of that. But when you're trying harder from a place of security, you'll be able to do better. And then what about our silly salad example? What if when you soaked the salad, your partner just laughed and said, oh yeah, mistakes happen. 
then nothing else needs to be done, right? You know what you did and you know you can do better next time and you don't have to hate yourself right now. So I hope that makes sense and I hope you can see how that applies to, to our children. So today, when your child does something defiant, and it will happen, our children will do something today, I promise you, give them a do-over. Go over to them. Give them a hug. Say, I don't think you meant to talk to, that way to me. I think you meant to speak more calmly. Can you try again? Or say, it looks like you're having a hard time getting the kitchen clean. You forgot the dishes on the counter. Will you please try again? Instead of, you didn't get the dishes, and you know this is your chore, so now give me your phone for the rest of the night. Right? Does that make sense? Say, oh, it looks like you forgot to brush your teeth. Let me go with you and help you. Instead of, you lied to me, you didn't brush your teeth, now you have to go to bed early. Does that make sense? Keep your relationship at the center of every exchange. You don't have to teach a lesson by making them behave right now. Instead, you're teaching them you're there no matter what. This is more long haul parenting. You're teaching them they can do better and they deserve to do better. It's a positive thing to do better and they don't need to be forced into it. Now, the big question you're probably hearing in your, in your head right now is what if the do-over doesn't work? Because it's not gonna work every time. And you might be hearing what I'm saying and thinking that would not work on my kid when they do this. So what if your child doesn't respond? What if they keep sassing you or they keep refusing to pick up their toys? Not every child is gonna comply with what you say, especially if this process is new for you and you, you've been doing consequences like I used to do. This did take time when I began removing consequences and instead parenting by connection. So I, I do wanna say that this could take time, but stick with it. it, it works, I promise you. So if your child doesn't respond to the do-over, it's probably likely that there's a bigger issue happening. Like maybe their emotions are flooding their brain and making it impossible for them to access their logic. So let's say your teen talks back to you and you try the do-over. So you say, oh, I don't think you meant to use that tone. Can you try again? And then let's say they yell back at you and then they even swear at you or call you names. They slam doors. I mean, like we've been there. We've, we've been there where things don't go well. <laughs> This is not the time that a do-over is going to work. So don't try it, okay? This is a time when your child is dysregulated, crazy dysregulated, right? Or with our five-year-old example, if you say to your five-year-old, oh, it looks like you missed some toys. Let's try again together. And then your five-year-old screams and throws a toy at your face. Again, this is not a time to sweetly say, oh, I don't think you meant to throw that toy at me. Let's try again. <laughs> This is a time you can see your child needs to calm down, okay? And telling them what to do, no matter how nicely you do it, is not gonna help them calm down. So this is not the time for a do-over. This is also probably not a time that you're personally gonna feel regulated. I can speak from personal experience, okay? This is a time when your heart is gonna be beating fast. Your face is gonna feel hot. Your head is gonna start pounding and that you're gonna wanna reach for those huge consequences because this is where this, this, this is what we've been taught and it feels good to give consequences when kids are this, this difficult, right? And it also you feel out of control. So it's not just that it feels good to give the consequence, but things feel so out of control and you feel like you really need to make a big difference here. So we wanna reach for those huge consequences. This is when we wanna take away our teen's driver's license or we wanna take their door off their room or take away their phone or ground them from going to prom. This is a time when we want to pick up all of our five-year-old's toys and throw them in the trash, like right in front of them, right? Like we want to, we want to make this, this lesson stick. This is a time we want to put them in timeout. This is a time we even want to spank them. You are normal. These feelings are normal. 
But just like your child's brain is flooded and they can't access their logic, you can't either when this is how you're feeling, okay? So this is not a time for do-overs <laughs> and this is not a time for you to make any decisions. This is not a time to jump in with those consequences because you're dysregulated too. So take the pressure off yourself. You do not have to solve this in this exact moment, okay? This moment where your, your teen just swore at you and called you a name, this is, you don't have to fix it immediately. Take the pressure off yourself. Take deep breaths. Remind yourself this is just a moment and it doesn't define your child's future. It is a moment. Take that breath. When you feel calmer, remind yourself that this is about connection. Remind yourself to keep your relationship at the center, okay? Do what you need to do to calm down and then go give your child a hug. And now this is counterintuitive because we have been taught we need to come down hard with a consequence when our child misbehaves. But that is not what they need because they are dysregulated. They wouldn't have done this if they were feeling fine. They wouldn't have done this if they could do better. So they need some understanding. And you need some understanding too. So if you're still upset, give yourself time to calm down. Once you're calm, give your child a hug. If they're still too wound up, or you're still too wound up, you need to communicate this. Say, I need to calm down. But not in a way where you're stomping away and slamming doors and doing all, and saying you have to calm down too, all of that, really try not to do that. Give yourself a breather, remember connection, even in this time, and say, I need to calm down. I love you so much, I want to resolve this, I need a moment, okay? Then, when you can come back with a calm heart, and be, be forgiving of yourself. This is hard, okay? And if it takes a while to get that calm heart, there's nothing wrong with you. Do what you need to do to get that calm heart, come back and give them a hug. So this happened recently to me. I'll show you how this looks in real life. My teen had a really bad grade and I was upset. So I began to tell her what she needed to do to pull her grade up. And I didn't realize that she was already stressed out. So my advice was really poorly timed. Plus I was angry as I, I was delivering it. So she went through the roof. She was glaring at me, yelling, stomping at me. She was already dysregulated when I started talking to her. And so she couldn't hear what I had to say without fighting back. Does that make sense? So I wasn't in a moment where I was aware of myself because I was angry. So I yelled back at her and then I reached for a consequence. Even though this is not the way I want to parent, I still get triggered and I still do this, okay? So I don't remember what the consequence was. It was, it was probably no screen time until she did it my way. But she yelled louder, things escalated. You know how this goes, like this happens. This happens in every home. You're not bad if this is happening in your home. So I, 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 it was getting bad. <laughs> I stepped out of view for a moment. She, I just stepped behind the door. I took a breath and I calmed down. And I, I was not completely calm yet, but I was much calmer. So I went back to her and I hugged her. And uh, this makes me cry because as I hugged her, I felt her shoulders fall, you guys. And I was still partly upset when I began this hug, but when I felt her melt, my heart melted. It was healing for both of us. Like this works. This connection in the hard times works. It is so powerful. So that hug reset both of us. It healed both of us. Now, I don't think either of us were fine and dandy after that. We weren't, we weren't ready to go skip around and, and, 
and tell jokes to each other and be fine. We still had this big problem between us about the grade and about what to do about it. But we now could do it together. And I'm still crying as I'm talking about this. I really want you to understand this works so well. Connecting our when our children are at their least, when, when they seem like they need it the least, that's when they need it the most. When they are fighting with us, that's when they need that connection. So then I sat down next to her. I had been standing above her before, so that's another thing too. I had been standing up there probably shaking my finger. So after this hug, I sat down next to her. Now we were on the same level. I apologized for getting upset and we talked about how to fix her grade and I heard her. Now when all of that was done, I then went back to how she treated me and how her stomps hurt me and, and my feelings and, and how she, we can't treat each other that way. But mind you, I had already apologized for treating her that way too. So then she apologized to me. So in the end, even though I first reached for that traditional consequence to force her behavior, we resolved things through connection. And do you see how even though she did sass me and she treated me rude, there really was no consequence needed. Because once I calmed my brain down and focused on connection, we healed from that exchange together. In the past, before I parented this way, I would have given the consequence, she would have fought it, I would have given more consequences, we all would have gone to bed angry, we would have woken up angry, you know what I mean, like we've all experienced this. Now, the do-over would have worked in this situation if she hadn't been so stressed out and dysregulated. It would have been perfect if I said, hey, how are you gonna get your homework done today? And then she said, gosh, I'm working on it. And then if I said, oh shoot, I don't think you meant to talk to me that way. Can you try again? Like that would have worked because she wasn't dysregulated. She just, she just was being rude for a moment. But it didn't work when she was already worked up and stressed out. Does that make sense? That's where the difference comes in. The do-over is perfect when it's, in, when it's a mistake that they make in a moment or, or they're not dysregulated. But when they're dysregulated, you need to drop the idea of getting them to fix their sass or their, their defiance and instead focus on the deeper issue. So in my case, it was she was stressed and overwhelmed about her grades and then work on it together. That's when I needed to connect deeply with her so we could both feel love and trust and so that she could understand that I'm on her side. I hope this has made sense to you. To sum up, keep your relationship and connection at the center. Keep a long-term perspective. Remember this moment when your child is sassing you or your child is defying you or your child is, is throwing, a um, like throwing toys around the room. This is not gonna destroy your child's future. This is hard. This moment is very, very hard and I don't wanna discount that, but it's not gonna destroy your child's future. You don't have to fear. You don't have to act from fear. You can act from connection. With connection, you can build a strong foundation to handle everything that's coming your way. So use that connected do-over when your child makes a mistake. Hug them and say, oh, I don't think you meant to do this. Can you try again? Now, when the do-over isn't the right fit, calm your own emotions and connect with your child. Give them a hug. Just hug them. Sometimes, sometimes that's all. Like, like my example, just hugging my daughter, even though I wasn't, I wasn't quite over, I wasn't quite over my anger at her, and I know she wasn't over her anger at me, but that hug brought us both down, and then we were both fine and able to move forward. Keep going back to connection. Connection first, resolutions later. I hope, I really, really hope this has been helpful. Please remember that you're doing fantastic work. You're parenting a child who has never been a child before. 
<laughs> there's so much to learn. And you, you might not have been a parent of this age before, and you certainly have never been a child to this child at this stage in their life before, okay? There is so much to learn. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day, and you and your child are going to gradually get to where you need to be, little by little. Please have a great day, and remember to give yourself do-overs too. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.